are listening to Growth The Hell Up Podcast, the only podcast that teaches you how to think differently, live differently, and bounce forward where you create a life better than you've ever imagined. Hey, 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 y'all. How you doing? I'm super excited about today's podcast and being at the end of Women's History Month and I even have something else coming up special. There's going to be some bonus episodes of the podcast coming up to help me celebrate my birthday. And if you don't know, you're going to learn that I absolutely love celebrating my birthday, my holiday, the time that I was brought into this world. I have an amazing person on the podcast today. And this lady, you guys, I just met her last year. She has like an amazing vibe. She's super cool, down to earth. We actually got to hang out on the beach together. I don't know if I'm supposed to tell you that we were in a pandemic, but we actually were on the beach. We just enjoyed life and we learned some stuff along the way. So I'm going to let her tell you who she is, but you get to be graced with her presence on today. Welcome to the podcast, Jessica. Thank you. I, what a beautiful intro. Uh, and we did have a, a great time. We went to an event together during the middle of a pandemic, much needed time apart from the rest of the world, just a little bit of escape. And I had a great time. Uh, for, for those of you, and, and I guess that's probably most of you, my name is Jessica Miller Merrill. A lot of people could just call me JM squared because it's easier to remember. I'm the girl with the two M's at the end of her name. Yeah, I'm, I'm a recovering corporate HR lady. And it's been about, I guess, uh, 12 years since I made the leap to entrepreneurship. It was um, not a choice I made for myself. Somebody made that choice for me. I was fired because of my blog back in the day, but it turned out to be the best gift that I didn't know I needed. And so now I do a lot of work in training and developing and providing resources for human resources and workplace leaders. We are going to get into that conversation about the firing. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Who would do that? Who would fire this? Yeah. So you can't see only the people that are on my um on my podcast list is gonna get to see like just a little snippet of me and Jessica. But the rest of you guys, if you're not on the list, you're not gonna see us. But you don't understand, like she is a fiery young lady. Wait till you go check out her website. We'll talk about that later on. Jessica, so you know I'm highlighting women, right? This is women's history month. Will you let us know? Who is the most impactful woman in your career or entrepreneurial journey? Like, who was that lady that kind of did it for you? Oh, man, this is a big question. You know, um, it's hard to say. I feel like there's been a lot of women in my life um, that have uh, been influential to me. Um, I have taken a lot from bosses in in my career and other entrepreneurs learning from them. Um, One of the people that I really look up to is is somebody who's my best friend and she's a sales expert consultant and her name is Elisa um, Manessis Maples. And so I feel like in the most recent, I would say the last five years, um, it's been great to have a bestie like that in business. And she has really helped me get through some personal shit and uh, really grow. So I would say Alicia. Wait, is she a AM squared? <laughs> I've never called her that, but I should. Oh my gosh, I heard it. It was like, wait a minute. 
Yeah, AM squared. We should we should call her that. I, uh, she's she's just an awesome uh, human being uh, person I look up to. You know, the older you get as a woman, I think the more important it is to have relationships and friendships with people who are different than you. Uh, I met her on Twitter about 13 years ago, and then we kind of reconnected and became best friends about five years ago. But those female relationships are so critical. It's nice to have somebody to talk to just to bounce off ideas. And, you know, to tell you, hey, give you a hug on occasion, but then other times to just check in and say, this is crap. You just need to get off of it and just do it or launch it. Um, honesty is really important. I love that. <clears throat> Excuse me. I love how um, it was, first off, a social relationship. And I, I mean, I told, I've met so many people on social and literally have turned into like big things. I never thought that that was true. I used to think people were lying. I don't know, just to be real. I used to think they were lying to be like, oh, I met so-and-so. I'm like, you cannot be friends with somebody you don't really know. But no, it's true. And look at you. And that was how many years ago? I met her on Twitter like 12 or 13 years ago. So yeah, I mean, I've got, I feel like all my good friends have came from Twitter back in the day. Um, and, and I had to remind myself of that, like, as, as I grew and, and I was looking for new things, like, don't shut yourself off from new communities of people, uh, which is, you know, how we re actually connected because I'm like, I'm going to put myself out there with, with different groups of people, different communities, people who are doing good stuff because we learn best uh, when we're learning from each other. Yes. And if you're in the same circle of people all the time, you're not learning anything new. Nope, not at all. I love that. And it's such a good lesson for women, men, everyone in general. And it's so interesting. I've been talking about trust. Um, recently, I'm, I'm about to launch something um, regarding trust. Like, it's literally the reason why a lot of people can't do stuff. They don't trust other people. Like, they just can't seem to figure that thing out. But how important it is to learn how to just give somebody just a little bit so that you can learn from them. And then maybe they'll learn something from you. So come on with the communities of people. That's like one of my favorite things. Okay, so you get to choose anything that you want to talk about, but you kind of hinted on something earlier. What would you say is, we kind of know what happens, or can you give us a little bit more about how that blog, so tell us a little bit about the blog, and then like what happened, and even though it was the best gift, were you ready to walk into it? So the blog originally was called Blogging for Jobs, and uh, it's been rebranded. I guess it's been about six years ago that I, I went through my rebrand, and, I, and it's now called Workology. Oh. So yeah, it's a destination for human resources and, and workplace leaders. Right now, we reach uh, 600,000 HR and workplace leaders every single month with our podcast, with our newsletter, with my website, and uh, it's... It's such a great space, a safe space for people to be able to ask questions and learn and, and just kind of get down to business without all the extra stuff that that happens. So when I started the blog, I was an HR director at an organization and uh, it was Office Max. Mm -hmm. And um, they kept moving a bunch of business into the, 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 the region, I guess, that I supported. And they would come up to me and they would say, hey, you need to hire like 400 people and you need to do it right away. Yeah, we're moving $20 million worth of books of business into your region. And it's just not, as an HR person or an a recruiter, it's just not physically possible just to snap your fingers and like magically people f fall out of the air. So um, 
the blog became a place where I was building a bench of candidates. I would build relationships and then we would offer jobs to them. So when they moved that business into my region, I already had a hundred people that my team could extend offers to right away. Just like when I worked in retail seasonal work, you know, we would have, we would do all these interviews in advance and then just start executing job offers and, and fill those openings really quickly. So Mm -hmm. that's what, why the blog started. What ended up happening was, um, I, I'm an HR. I'm supposed to be a confidential place. Yeah. And uh, they were worried about social media. This is 2009, 2000. Yeah. 2008, 2009. They're yeah. worried about social media, worried about blogging. Um, and we had a um, employee investigation that I had done, uh, which I had made recommendations to. And then the person filed an EEOC charge. And so the attorney said to me, is there anything else I need to know? The right people knew I had a blog and uh-huh. I was using it for my work. But right. I saw I saw the look on the attorney's face when I said, uh, he's like, is there anything else I need to know? I'm like, yes, I have a blog. You, you probably know. But in the event that you don't, if I go on the stand, like I know anything yeah. public on the blog could be a question. Like they might try to use it for my credibility. And uh, the color kind of drained out of his face. And I'm like, crap. So that was kind of the end. Um, yeah. About six months later, uh, it just wasn't working. And so they um, fired me um, because of my blog. And uh, that was the first day I became a full-time entrepreneur. Like, how does that, how do you go from like, hey, this is a blog that I was using for work to like, now I'm the one that's using this for me. Like, I, I don't even, I can't even connect the dots there, Jessica. It took me a while to figure this out um, (laughs) and be able to make it work. But, you know, I had a a presence on social media, social media, Twitter, Facebook, uh, all those things were still really new and influencer work was really new. And and how do you build a business with something like that? Um, I spent a lot of time doing all the things. Like if somebody was like, Hey, do you do resume writing? I go, yes. And I take that business and somebody go, Hey, you, you know, Twitter, you wrote a book about Twitter. Can you do some social media work? And I'd be like, sure. And then, you know, writing and I'm in everything. Um, and it wasn't really effective. So it, it, yes, I was making money, but I wasn't able to scale what I was doing. And I was just putting in, you know, really long hours. I was popular on Twitter and social media. Forbes listed me as one of the top 50 social media influencers influencers at the time, but, um, I was, I was dying behind the scenes. I was Whoa. working probably a hundred hours a week wow. uh, for no money really. Yeah. Uh, so something, something had to change. So, um, you know, it's been a, a long road, uh, but I can finally say that our business is really growing and, um, we have hopefully figured out the formula to success, not just for the short term, but for the long term for our community and our business. So I, I, you know, maybe the people in the, the podcast and listening to the show world may not know, but I love HR. Um, in high school, I worked in HR um, as a co-op. So I worked in um, benefits back then. Mm. And well, no, I didn't work in benefits. I worked in human relations. So I got my first introduction of like, send people hire and fire people, which was <laughs> exhilarating. I was like, oh, I want to do this. This is amazing. I can like help people come on. And then when they're not doing so good, I can tell them goodbye in a very nice way. So I I really enjoyed all of watching that happen. And so I did, I went, I got my undergrad and my master's in HR. But the funny thing is I didn't do any work in HR after I got those degrees because I had this idea that um, HR didn't let you be human. 
in big organizations um, where you, you really didn't get to make the decisions. Like you just got to, you couldn't really be for the people. Can you let me know if it's wrong or is it like, no, no, it's, it's hard. Like you're the deliverer of the message. And a lot of times you're influencing the decision. Like you can make recommendations, but in the bigger scheme of the organization, somebody else would make the decision to say, Hey, we're going to lay off 1200 people. And then they would send me into the offices and deliver that message. Right. And Mm -hmm. those were the worst days, the worst thing I've ever had to do in my HR job. So yeah, you're just kind of like, um, I don't know, the muscle, the bodyguard, like you go in and kick people out of the club sort of situation, but you're not the person who made the decision that they drank too much or they caused too much trouble. That would have been my boss or my boss's boss um, in in a lot of these companies. But as an entrepreneur, you are HR. Um, You know, we're doing hiring, we're doing firing, uh, we're making staffing decisions, we're doing training and development, we're bringing people, new new people in. So um, whether it is in a large company, or a small company, you have a role in the culture that you, that you create of, yeah. of your teams, whether you're an entrepreneur or, or somebody at a big company or a small company, you're still responsible for that environment and experience. I agree. And I, lo- I love the idea of um, collecting humans, helping humans like see their potential. I, I like that aspect of it of, and being that influencer. Like when I think about HR and being an influencer, that's actually kind of cool. Like I still, I didn't even think about it. Like as an entrepreneur, like I'm still getting to do it. Thank you for that gift today. I feel like I'm, I'm walking in my purpose of HR now. I really yeah, like no, you, like all that work that you did with grad school and undergrad stuff, like as your business grows, you're going to tap into that stuff yeah, all the time. Yeah. And, and I feel like because you have that background and others that do, you are more successful in like the culture and teams component of what mm-hmm. you do uh, for that reason. I, I think that's why my team has been so successful. Like when I really started to invest and say, okay, I'm going to make this work. I'm unemployable. No one's going to hire me. My and, and I don't fit in anywhere but my own place where I create my own experience and, and create my own experience for the people that I want to come and work at our organization. And making that decision has been awesome and a little scary because you are the only person that's accountable fully to that if it succeeds or fails. But if when it succeeds, like you are a rock star. Was there a time when you were going through this process where... Um... Stuff came up that was challenging, um, that kind of maybe either made you want to stop or like really catapulted you to like push harder to continue growing this business. Well, I told you before we started uh, recording that I'm real and I'll give you some real. Um, I had a miscarriage, I guess, about six years ago and it messed me up. I uh, was hurting and my family was hurting and I was questioning everything. And I actually stepped out of entrepreneurialism and took a corporate job. The money was great. And they recruited me hardcore and I felt special and it was kind of the love that I needed and the recognition. And I got in there and it was not the right place for me. I I don't do well with rules. I do (laughs) not like politics. Yeah. uh, Especially when I don't understand what's happening and the baggage that people carry. And so I was there for about a year and a half. I was still hustling on the side the whole time uh, for my business, but um, I walked away from that and decided like, 
if I am going, I like, I have to be an entrepreneur mm-hmm. and this, this is my opportunity, like my shot to, to make a difference. And so that's when we went through the rebrand. I guess my rebrand spent about five years, but we went through the rebrand. I uh, really focused on building our technology out. We have our own learning management system um, for our uh, folks who go through our courses yeah. and training. And then I, you know, I'm self-funded. I didn't take any money from anybody I never have other than myself. So I had to go out and, and rebuild the business uh, and grow. And, and in order to make it different this time than the last time um, and kind of work through this trauma and this pain, I had to get some help. So mm-hmm. uh, therapy, uh, you know, meditation and journaling, a lot of different yes. things. I've spent a lot of time in some self-reflection and focus internally uh, to be able to really understand myself better and, and uh, what are my unique gifts so mm-hmm. that, that I can use and leverage that in the business and what makes me happy too. I love that. I love so, that. Yeah. Like, what's, that, what's that thing that brings you joy? Like, what is it? Give me something. Give you, give you something. Well, and I've, I've, so I've decided a lot about this because like my business brings me joy, right? I I love talking to people about what I do, but there's things in the business that don't bring me joy. So I have made the conscious decision to uh, delegate those or hire out those activities. So what I really, really love is coaching people. I love sitting down and talking with them. And I didn't know that I liked this uh, initially. And I think that's Mm -hmm. because I was really worried about what everybody thought about me all the time. Like if somebody said something mean about me on Twitter, I would behind the scenes, I would be like stuck in my room for two days, questioning my life choices, sad, wow. eating a pint of ice cream. And I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm to the point with the, in the last three years, it's like, so the fuck what they don't like you. It's okay. Um, you're not for everybody. And, and that is fine. You just keep right. doing what you love and don't let those people's feelings or thoughts that are directed towards you that are probably more about themselves mm-hmm. than you get in the way of doing what you love. So the, cons- the coaching consulting side is what I love wow. doing. And um, I'm going to keep doing it. I don't is care. That for, for entrepreneurs or is that for individuals that coaching that you do? So um, I, my business is, is expanding and growing. Right now, we are focused on uh, coaching for HR leaders. So HR professionals normally go through a certification. They have a series of exams that they can go through to, to showcase to the world that they are competent in areas of like employment law and, and general human resources knowledge. So we mm-hmm. have a training program called ACE the HR exam, and it helps you pass your exam. And so I have went through these exams myself. I have not been happy with the training programs that have been put together. And so we made our own. I know something about it. Well, I got tired of waiting. I kept talking to other people, like going to the professional associations, to the people (laughs) who already in the training said, you need to do this. And they'd be like, oh yeah, yeah. And then nothing would happen. So I made my own and uh, we have a 95% pass rate for our HR pros. And it's because uh, we are focused on coaching, but a more personalized approach Mm -hmm. that is still, you can still do it on your, on your own time, which is worked uh, when all of us are sheltering in place and, and working from home, like you're mm-hmm. taking care of kids and you are running a business and you are dealing with all the things and then the stress of life. So um, that's w- where the coaching has really uh, been great for me. I, I do, we have also started a manager coaching training program that's 12 weeks too. Uh, it's called uh, new manager training and mm-hmm. 
folks can learn more about the manager training program that we have. It's for new managers, uh, three years and under, and they can go to uh, workplacemasters.com. I, I take a hands-on coaching approach, and then we allow for asynchronous learning, kind of on-demand learning to happen to support uh, people's schedules because life is not eight to five it it happens in between. I was up at one o'clock this morning working because I was just inspired. Like sometimes life happens at one o'clock in the morning and that's cool. Yes. You know what I love that you, what you do and what you said, I guess, like I said, I love the, the helping of the people. It's always my thing. And that's kind of how I got into coaching is um, I always knew that there was this thing that I wanted to do. And I thought it was only HR because that's what I was introduced to. Right. But I always trained people. I mean, I did work in HR, too, prior to even getting my degree. So that was the interesting part. Then I just never went back. But um, I always loved being able to help people do stuff and figure it out and at their pace, because it was a lot of times that somebody wanted them to get it done either fast or slow. And it was like, but their pace is this. Right. So I love that you're working with people like where they are to help them get to their level without and adding in that extra component that I think that a lot of the organizations can't do um, on the big scheme of things. And they need to hire you in like they need to hire you to help their people. They just don't know it. You know what I mean? Like that's what they need. <laughs> but yeah. You know, or they just need to leave you? me alone or they need to leave me alone and let me keep doing what I'm doing because I'm going to like move right past them because this is what they should have been doing for the last 20 years. And what? that's cool. Seriously, seriously. And I, I guess I just been in, in, in some big corporate environments and I'm just like, this and in, in my own little space without being able, like not really having the influence to say it, but I'm one of those people that will go up the chain anyway and be like, mm-hmm. well, what are you doing? These people are drowning. Is this supposed to be for the people? Like, but I love that you're, you're, you created it. Like, so the thing that you saw missing, you were like, all right, let's see, what can I do to help these people? And they're thriving, right? They are. It, it was scary as hell to put yourself out there to, to do that. Right. But um, if it's not scary, it's not worth doing. So if we're thinking about like a gross minds, growth mindset and yes. and growing, like I'm not saying you have to do all the things that are scary as hell. Pick one thing that's scary as hell and then focus on that so that you can grow because growing is not uh, it doesn't feel safe. Um, it's going to be scary. It involves you really taking a look at some things that you've been hiding in your closet of life. Right. Um, and other, if you don't address them or acknowledge them or, um, work through them, they are going to keep coming up. One of the things that I have said to myself over the last few years, um, is that people are assignments. And I really believe that like the universe puts in my path, different people, different situations. Have you ever felt like you keep dealing with the same kind of person over and over and over again? If the answer is yes, it's because you haven't learned the lesson that that person is supposed to, to teach you. Once you learn that lesson from that person, if it's a difficult person or your partner, or maybe it's one and the same, I don't know, business partner, friend, colleague, that person that always drives you crazy. Like there's a lesson to be learned there. You're going to keep repeating that lesson, like a game, like a PlayStation game. You're going to stay on level seven until you, you pass the, you know, slay the dragon 
work through this thing. And so you can get to level eight. Otherwise you're staying at level seven. And um, as I have grown personally, there are a lot of people who I've had to leave behind because they are still at level seven and I'm moving up to eight, nine, and 10. And that's okay. Uh, but that's the part of growth that you don't necessarily, uh, I, I didn't think about like, I've, yeah, I'm still friends with people, but um, the relationship is not the same because yeah. my focus uh, is, is much different. I, you know, and you said it so eloquently, like, I like that you, you gave us a great example of literally why people can still be in your life. And instead of being frustrated at it, like, what is the lesson you need to learn for these situations with these people or these circumstances that keep coming up? I literally dealt with, and, and I don't, whatever, two different murders that were very close to me. Um, and what was the lesson that I need to learn in that? Like some people would say, oh no, it's just a way of life. And I'm like, no, for me, I knew it was because there was a level that I could help others. I knew what the lesson was for me. The first time I ran from it. And then the second time I was like, I just better embrace this because I don't want to have to have this happen ever again. Um, and what can I go do to give back in that situation? But I love when you said equating it to people that are in your life. I've never thought about it that way. And I actually can think about like several situations in my life and in other people's lives that, oh my gosh, this right there, that growth level you're talking about, not being afraid to go after it. It's probably going to be scary. And it's not going to be joyful at, at the beginning, especially if you quote unquote, leaving people to go to the next level, that relationship is going to change, but it may be needed for your growth. Right. Well, think about that. Like you're attracting, you're attracting, you know, those people that always feel like they have drama all around them. They're attracting that drama yes. because there is a lesson that needs to be learned. And, and it's kind of like when you're in the video game, like I keep thinking about Mario brothers, but I'm not. Yeah, a video game when player, you said so this like, is I think like, she's thinking Mario Thomas later. Yeah, yeah, I am. I am. I want to go through that little tube to, to get bypass it and go to the to the coin round or whatever, yes. right? Oh my God. The, bo the bonus round. But um, you have to, the universe is going to keep sending you these crazy people or these people that are similar, the same, and they keep coming into your life until you figure out. And at some point you're going to say to yourself, just like the game, like, Hey, I shouldn't keep walking into that cute little turtle. It's probably not going to end well for me. Right. And so then you make a modification, like I'm going to jump over this turtle and then, or I'm going to jump the turtle and then slide him over. So he knocks over the other people. Uh, these people who come into your life is the same way. Sometimes it's, it could be really simple. It's saying, Hey, no, I don't have time for this right now. Right. Like making boundaries, but sometimes it's uh, it's something a little bit different and each experience. Yeah. Uh, the feelings are important. Yes. And um, I don't want to discount the feelings that you're feeling about certain life situations or things that happen, but it's the reaction. And then the decision um, after that person comes into your life, I think that's, that's really important. And then thinking about it after the fact, like, what did yeah. I learn from this? I think that uh, could really change the game. Oh, that is so good. All right, Jessica over here coaching. And she, we supposed to be talking about HR, honey. She done brought the goods today, y'all. This is HR. This is a truth, honey. No, this <laughs> is HR. This is all HR. The HR that I see in my mind is this. Like, it's not just the policies and the procedures and the- Ugh, I hate that shit. I, I hate it. I mean, and I, sh I guess I should ask you if I could say the HR lady that says cuss words on the podcast. Well, but this broke the hell up. And some people. Yeah, that's kind of why I was like, up. hey, my, my daughter, who's 12, does not. She thinks that it's OK to say hell. I told her uh, if it's meaning like hell, like as in down there, that's yeah. cool. But if it's like hell, no, no, that's not appropriate. Um, 
So, but yeah, I mean, this is uh, personal growth, professional growth. They are very similar. I despise uh, people thinking that HR people are just the policy police that I I don't ever, I don't like people don't, I don't terminate people. People terminate themselves. Like it's a bad decision that they've made. They're the ones that watched porn on the internet. They're the ones that did this discriminatory action. They're the ones who didn't show up to work. It's their choice. Right. And this is, and I have to deliver that, that consequence. I would rather sit around in my HR chair all day, coaching people, talking, working strategy, looking at the data to say like, Oh, you know, if we do these things, I think this is going to happen or here's how we can impact the bottom line. That's fun. Uh, strategic HR. Yeah. Unfortunately, people just think of HR as the the people who hire and fire. Um, I, I mean, that's that's the least exciting part of, exactly. of my job yeah. that's ever been. You know what's so interesting? Um, the the crazy worlds that I'm a part of, HR and compliance. What do they think about compliance? Like, like yeah. Oh, like all you do is like read rules and do that, but that's the fun part of it at all. No, no, like training people, talking, like helping them come to understand like, hey, we have to do these things. Or uh, if we do, if we make these decisions on our own to ignore these requirements, these are the consequences of, of these actions. So it's not all filing paperwork and, um, you know, documentation. I mean, that's, that's not the fun part. Right. It's when people have this light bulb moment and they're like, hey, oh, you know, I can, I can, I'm responsible for this and I can uh, put up, put together a process or system that will be able to uh, maybe keep you from having to come in my office or right. inviting me to this conference call to talk about why you haven't submitted your paperwork in a timely manner. Uh, you know, I hate those uh, kind yeah. of things. I want, I want people to just, just do what you're supposed to do uh, when you're supposed to do it. And you'll make uh, your life and my life a lot easier in the corporate world. I love that you mentioned um, how close professional and personal growth is, and it can be a part of like corporate or whatever work is like. So for all the people that don't realize your HR department is there for your personal and professional growth, it's one like you are the person that's professionally growing. I don't know if I can say it any more simply. (laughs) Well, I I feel like the pandemic has really brought this up, right? Because it's right in front of our eyes. We're all on Zoom calls. And then suddenly somebody's kiddo comes into the room and they sit on their lap during the the work meeting. Like that is everybody's life right now. And so it it is staring us in the face. So employers do need to focus on personal development. They do need to do things like mental health awareness, which I'm very excited that this is being focused on, but we also need to focus on like setting people up for financial success. Yes. Uh, Money stress is the biggest stress in people's lives. So if you want your employees to have less call out days, less attendance problems, less healthcare expenses, get help them with their stress. And that starts with money. So credit reporting, financial classes, whatever it is, coach, like these are all things that employers should be doing. And I I think there are some companies that are doing really good stuff in this area. Mm -hmm. One of my favorites right now is Upwork. Um, They have phenomenal resources. And one of the things I just interviewed their uh, head of HR, their chief uh, human resource officer, Mm -hmm. she um, the, not just her, but the entire organization, executive team, um, provided employees with bereavement leave. If during the George Floyd, um, you need a time to mourn with his death, yeah. 
you can absolutely take time off, no questions asked. And it would be paid time for every employee, but especially employees who were black, uh, which I feel like is... Yeah. That's the personal and professional side. If you're, if you are going through stuff and trauma, you need to work through feelings, emotions. You can't be your best self when you roll up into the office to be on the conference call. So employers do need to think about these kind of things because they are uh, interrelated to each other. You know, that's one of the things that I've um, worked with a couple of companies as well as redefining what it looks like for uh, grief in the workplace. Like um, I did a lot of stuff, you know, I mentioned the murders. And so for me, there wasn't, um, it was a lot of strange faces and looks at me as I needed to, I was going to go to work. Um, I ne- I didn't want to be at home. Right. So sure. I wanted to be at work, but I still wanted to feel like I could safely cry at my desk. Yeah. Well, and it, it, it wasn't that safe. Right. <sighs> it just wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't no. that safe. It was a lot of, stairs and you should go sit in your car type of thing. Like if you need to go to your car and I was like, I don't want to go to my car. I want to be able to like cry at my desk and do my work. Like just because you see tears doesn't mean like, so redefining like, what does that look like for people when we're back in the office? But like you said, allowing them to have that space to emote if they need to take some time off because they can't be their best right now. Like it's like both of those things. And I think a lot of employers are really, um, starting to humanize their businesses in those ways now, like it's required them to have to do it with the pandemic. I just feel like it's really offensive to say, Hey, go cry in your car. Listen, it, the you words know? came out of somebody. Like, like, excuse me, I will cry where I damn well please. And when I feel like crying yes. um, now employers can provide a safe space to be able to do that. That's other than the restroom or your car. Maybe that's the quiet room. Right. Um, or something like that. And you that's there's a most of the places that I have worked have larger companies have had some sort of room. Sometimes it's used for breastfeeding and other things, yes. but whatever. Yeah. It's a quiet space that you can go. And maybe that's an option. But if an employee came to me uh, on my team and said, you know, there's somebody crying in their cube, I, I would go and say, hey, are you doing OK? Are there any resources that you need? But I would never say, hey, you need to go cry in your car. That is the most insensitive <laughs> piece of crap. Uh, not that I've ever heard. I've been in HR, but right, it's, yeah. not, it's not a great, it's not a great move. I mean, people, yeah. everybody mourns differently. Every works for, everybody works through th- feelings and emotions. Um, it's acknowledge those, respect yeah. those and let people work through them. Yeah. Um, don't just say, go to cry to your car and here's the EAP number. Like that's Basically. <laughs> not effective. That's, you know, no. No. Sensitivity training that comes through. We talk about sensitivity for other things. This is how sensitivity, make sure you put this one in the sensitivity training. I'm glad that we're talking about this um, because it's not there. This is going to continue to be something that we need to talk about and we need to be respectful. Um, Especially with uh, within the last week, we've had uh, the Asian American community has been really impacted. And um, I am am sending uh, those those my friends, my family, the people I work with a lot of love. Mm -hmm. And then I'm just checking in casually checking in like I don't. I don't, we need, don't need to talk about it, but I just want to say, Hey, are you okay? Do you, is there anything I can do to support you? Uh, no explanation needed. And no I, explanation. no, and, and it's not their job 
or your job to educate me or, or vice versa on the whys. There's, there's articles and resources and TED Talks on the internet, uh, or maybe there is somebody in your community that can educate you and you can openly ask questions, but it's not every person just yeah. because they are Asian American or white or black or whatever. Oh, yeah. Ooh, that's a whole word. Come on. I'm th- and, and you know it. And then you probably know exactly why you're saying it. Because people do. So now it's all of a sudden I'm I'm going through something and you want me to educate. Like, can no. I just go through what I'm going through right now? Yeah, you don't. Like, uh, that's kind of a no. Like when I went... Um, I've went through major trauma in my life and I can't say it's the exact same for every person because we're not all the same. But when I went through my miscarriage um, and then when I had my divorce and, and different things that have happened in my life, um, I did not, it was not good to be talking about it publicly and training other people or talking about it why I was working through it. Absolutely no. not. Now, six years later, I can say, yes, let me tell you about the things that I learned and what's important, but uh, not in the moment just because it's on the news um, or in the media. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Oh my gosh. We, you know what? I think I told you a time and we are over that time, but this oh, is so good. And you, you know, it's one of my subjects I love, like yeah, yeah. helping people and in that HR kind of lens and talking about companies. Like, so I would go on and on, but we're not going to do that because I'm respectful. Jessica, where can all the people learn about workology and you and the business and how to help themselves if they're in HR or if they know someone? Absolutely. So the, the place to go is workology.com. We have all kinds of great resources there, over 8,000 published articles um, and trainings on different content and topics that are free for you. Uh, We do have a number of trainings and memberships that we also offer to help HR and workplace leaders kind of break through and grow and and learn about uh, what's new and and how to grow themselves personally and professionally. So you can also go there too at at workology.com. I'm all over the socials. So feel free to follow us, tweet us, find us, fan us, whatever. Uh, Let me know what kind of help or support that you need. Um, I'm here just to help connect you to the right resources and different people to help you up level yourself personally and professionally. And you do the podcast as well, right? I do. I do. It's called the Workology Podcast. I've been doing this podcast for six years. Uh, We are getting up on episode 300. I love it. It's uh, such a great way to connect with people and share resources. Plus it's a time hack. Like I can listen to my podcast while I'm driving in the car or at the gym. It's, it's such a great way to do two things at once. And uh, I don't know, learn about new people and new things. Absolutely. Well, thank you again for coming in, showing out teaching. I mean, we had all kinds of good things that happened on this. So if you know an HR professional, or you want to become an HR professional, or you are the HR professional, Workology. Come on, come on, on. come on over. That's a very fun name to Workology. Like, I kind of want to work out when I hear it. Is that what you want to do? Um, you know, I should, t- we should, I should come back or sometime I'll tell you the story of how I got that domain too. Cause it's kind of like a whole, whole fun thing, but oh, well, you know yeah. what, we don't say that cause we should, should definitely come. And I love your energy. You guys, Jessica Milamero, JM squared, right? Mm-hmm. And the, yeah. JM squared. Don't forget to go call your friend and call her that and workology.com. We are out. Listen, You guys know it's my birthday coming up. And because it's my birthday, you get to celebrate with me. I have some fun things coming up over this next week. 
and you get some free stuff. There's going to be some gifts and maybe you can party with me and come to my huge birthday party. So get on the podcast newsletter, get behind the scenes, get some of the stuff that the people in the world that just here don't get because there's always extras when you're part of my community. All right. Until next time, coach me.